from your favorite Grasslands PR team. That's us. This week we're back with another reason why these overlooked and underappreciated ecosystems are objectively the best biome. I'm Rachel. And I'm Nicole. And today we're in the same room. Hey. Hey. Uh, so apologies in advance if there's excessive rat noise <laughs> from us being in the same room with twice the rats and also for any echoes. But yeah, we're going to have fun today. I, I can already tell because I can see Nicole laughing. Okay. <laughs> it's great. You missed the part where you tell us what we're talking about. <laughs> I did. I just got so distracted looking at your lovely face, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I feel that. <laughs> But yes, we are going to talk about an animal that people love to hate. Oh, okay. Can you guess what it is? There's so many, but it's a grassland animal. Is it coyotes? It is coyotes. No way. <laughs> First guess. <laughs> oh, gosh. I figured you'd be able to guess. So, yeah. It's very unfortunate that you were able to guess, but also... Is it? I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate. They're so cool. Oh, because because that means I know people hate them. Well, yeah. yeah, okay. But also, I've been on Coyote TikTok recently, and there's some pretty... You just cocked your head like you have no idea that Coyote TikTok is a thing. That just made me really excited. <laughs> no, but, like, uh, interesting stuff about, like, the paleo, I don't know, biology of coyotes and how Ooh. we shouldn't hate on them. Stuff like that. Yeah. I don't oh, know. Okay. Like, I'm ready for this conversation today. I'm primed and pumped and ready to go. Are those engine terms that make sense together? Uh, Do you pump your prime? You. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. It doesn't matter. It we're doesn't. not. We're okay. not engineers. We're biologists. <laughs> yes. Ecosystem engineers. Yeah, I guess. But you don't have to pump your prime, your engines to do that. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, please, 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 please chime in if you have some beautiful TikTok knowledge that you have gleaned recently to add to this conversation. Okay? Okay. So, these fabulous little animals, because they are fabulous and they're quite small. And they are, are animals. And they are animals. <laughs> <laughs> are so very successful at what they do. And a lot of that success comes from their extreme adaptability. So, we'll talk about that a lot. Um, but since I introduced them as the animal that people love to hate, let's talk about that first. The love or the hate? The loving to hate. Okay. Okay. And just kind of get that out of the way so that we can talk about more fun stuff. But just in case you've never seen a coyote before, I said they're small. They're only like 24 inches tall, like max, like two feet tall, which is less than a meter. They only weigh like 20 to 40 pounds. Compare that with other North American carnivores, like maybe a wolf. And that is an animal that is, you know, over 150 pounds. <laughs> They're absolutely gigantic in comparison. And Wait, so, but like, how much? Those are two different, like, factors that have different units. So you need to tell us either how much a coyote weighs. I or said how 20 to 40 pounds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I just. It tuned that part out. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Or maybe I didn't. I said it in my head, <laughs> but maybe I didn't say it out loud. We'll let the record show. I feel like we just oh talked about inches a lot and meters. <laughs> what? The? Okay. Okay, anyway. Wolves are like three feet, one meter tall. 
Are you happy now? So they're a foot taller. They're like a foot taller, but significantly larger weight-wise. Like coyotes are just like all leg. There's nothing to them. They're just fluff and legs and a head. That's it. And their ears. They Well, yeah, it's on the head. They have gigantic ears. Um, <laughs> but they're much, much smaller than many of our other large kind of apex predators in North America. And so historically, like before European settlers came... Their numbers are pretty much kept in check. They were mostly on kind of the West Coast. And then as European settlers started coming across the continent, they took out a lot of those large carnivores, leaving room for coyotes to explode in populations. They are now found over pretty much all of North America, um, all the way to the East Coast, like in Washington, D.C. They are absolutely everywhere. They live in you know, rural environments, urban environments, and everything in between. Wait, and so they used to only live on the West Coast? Yeah. That's, like on the coast or like how far west? Not not like literally on the coast, but um, like definitely like west of the Rockies. Whoa. Pretty much only. Weird. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. I didn't know that. And they, a lot of the Eastern populations... They arrived to the East Coast by going up into Canada first and then came back came back down south. And while they were in Canada, they actually hybridized with a lot of wolves. <laughs> so the eastern populations of coyotes in some literature are actually considered a subspecies. And they have way more wolf DNA than, like, West Coast coyotes. So kind Fun. of interesting. What about – you're probably going to talk about this at some point, but what about, like, red wolves – in Mexico, right? Is that... Yeah. They also have a lot of coyote in them. And that kind of gives them their red coat, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I didn't realize that's why they had a red coat. I just thought that it was a threat to their survival going forward. Not that they already had mm, a lot yeah. of coyote mixed into them. Yeah. I could be slightly wrong, but I did read a little bit about it for sure. I could be but yeah, so coyotes became a problem because of humans, and now humans love to hate them. <laughs> Typical human move right there. <laughs> it really kind of is, unfortunately. And as they became more and more successful, human-animal conflicts started to, you know, be more and more common. And people started to try to eradicate the coyote as well. In a 2016 National Geographic article titled How the Most Hated Animal in America Outwitted Us All. Most hated? That's really steep. Okay, continue. <laughs> it's such a good title. It states that about 500,000 coyotes are killed every year in the U.S. On purpose? On purpose, yeah. Not just by cars. Oh, wow. No, like hunted down and killed or poisoned. Is and, that different? Sorry, is that different from fur trapping? I am not sure if fur trapping is in that statistic or not. Um, because there is a lot of fur trapping with coyotes. But I, I am not sure if that's in that statistic or not. Unfortunately, I've also seen 400,000 quoted a lot. And I don't... I'm just going with 500,000 since Natural Geographic put that number out. Whereas the 400,000 is just kind of on like random blog post websites. <laughs> And none of these have citations, so grain of salt. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I'm not sure where those numbers are coming from. 
In this National Geographic article in 2016, it's actually an interview with Dan Flores, which is the author of Coyote America, which is a really, really good read if you like coyotes and learning more about them. Um, but Flores mentions that between 1947 and 1956, the Eradication Methods Laboratory killed about 6.5 million coyotes. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. So in, you know, nine years, six and a half million coyotes. Okay. <laughs> Over the course of nine years. Over the course of nine years. Yeah. Which is insane. And this was funded by a bill that was passed through our Congress. So this wasn't just like some random weird group of people doing this. Like this was funded specifically by the American government to go and eradicate coyotes. People love to hate them. Rachel's just making some faces. <laughs> uh, I'm like... Not surprised, but yeah. also really like, ugh, I know. This, in this particular eradication event, um, was kind of spurred primarily by hate of the coyote taking game animals like elk, <laughs> deer, pronghorn, and bighorn sheep. You cackle. That makes sense because everything the American government does is to protect the economy and nothing else. Yeah. And, and that's an economic, you know incentive there yeah yeah anyway it is definitely an economic incentive but it's kind of funny because coyotes again are very small and really don't attack big game like that hardly ever we now know that they mostly eat small game like rabbits squirrels even bugs and berries so they they don't even eat those things. But people were seeing big game animals falling in numbers and just assumed it was a coyote and then went and exterminated six and a half million of them. Jesus. <laughs> when was this? Um, this was 1947 to 1956. Okay. Yeah. So not that long ago. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this particular event was mostly done through poison, which is like a whole nother topic, but I just want to touch on it real quick. Poison is never, ever a good idea. You can't use it in a targeted way whatsoever. Usually they will, you know, s slaughter an animal and then poison the carcass and wait for coyotes to then eat the poison that way. But there's going to be other animals visiting that carcass. You're not just killing, you know, whatever animal you've decided to kill. You're killing a lot of other things as well. And even things like, you know, rat poison. Those rats, if you have rat, a rat problem at your house or your business, don't use rat poison. Use snap traps if you have to. Try to just eliminate habitat <laughs> <laughs> so that the rats or the coyotes or whatever just can't survive there. Like, well, don't tell the American government to just eradicate habitat in order to solve the coyote no, problem. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying around your home or business, eradicate uh -huh. habitat oh. to discourage visitors that you don't want. Don't use poison because it just, it becomes just a horrible, horrible thing. You poison the rats, birds eat the rats, or coyotes eat the rats, or mountain lions, or foxes, or whatever, and it just goes on up the food chain, and it's just, it's not good. Don't, don't use poison. Don't use poison. Please. 
If you're going to use poison, just eradicate all the habitat around you. And that'll fix it. Totally. Uh, I'm so uh, glad you understood what I was really getting at. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Wasn't this supposed to be a fun episode? I, I'm getting to it. <laughs> yeah, originally uh, I told Rachel, I was like, you know... I just kind of want to just talk about a random animal and just, like, hang out and, like, you know, just chill and not talk about, like, an ecosystem that's in danger or anything. But coyotes aren't endangered. They're doing so, so well. So, yeah, it's, it's it, it'll get there, I promise. And that's why humans find them so annoying because it's usually so easy to just eradicate entire species. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyways. I just love the audacity that humans have to be like, wow, we 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 uh, made the environment so much better for this animal. That's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's the problem, that the animal is so good at not being destroyed by us. That's what's annoying. And I don't see how we could possibly have fixed this situation, for example, by not eliminating all competition and destroying entire... You know what? I'm going to stop. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I do. Yeah. It's it's very unfortunate. But anyways. <laughs> Something interesting is that even today, the government still has, the U.S. government, still has <laughs> a large role in killing coyotes. And this is done through a branch of the government called Wildlife Services. Oh, I forget that they exist, but I went I think, down a rabbit hole with them a while back, like a couple years ago. Yeah. I think you're supposed to forget that they exist <laughs> because all they do is like killed what is they consider nuisance animals. And even though I went on their website and- They have a website? Yeah, they have a website. <laughs> Everything has a website. Um, But their mission on their website is, I quote- to provide federal leadership and expertise to resolve wildlife conflicts to allow people and wildlife to coexist. That's not... Wait, hang on a second. But they're just like a exterminating coyote populations. Or, yeah, or and birds. Them. These are the same people that work on airfields and like kill birds because we don't want planes to strike birds and kill oh, people. Oh, right. Okay. That's why I went into a rabbit hole because yeah. that... Uh, Hawaiian snowy owl was probably killed by wildlife services. Yeah. Fascinating. Just for the record, uh, neither Nicole nor I are against, like, animals dying or the purposeful death of animals in order to control populations and stuff. It's just a little frustrating when there's so much money put into that um, when we're not dealing with any of the underlying problems ecologically that are creating this problem that's going to continue to require more people in helicopters shooting coyotes or whatever. Absolutely. Like, the fact that there are so many coyotes and they become such a nuisance animal is entirely human's fault. And yet, we don't want to reintroduce wolves or mountain lions or just teach people how to live with coyotes peacefully. Instead, we just say, let's kill them all. But it doesn't work. And we'll get into that very soon. Yeah. And you know what? It I think is fair to say, I don't want to step on your toes, no. so please like smack me if I am at all. But um, the way that coyotes have been rapidly adapting to human environments is 
creating a, a novel problem that did not exist before. Um, but, you know, there's it's very difficult for us to know how that could change if we had a more, like, holistic ecosystem approach to the problem. Yes. Um, you know, it probably would get better. But, you know, when there's, like, literally every predatory niche open for land predators yeah. to the coyote to just, like, do whatever it wants, it provides a lot of opportunities for them to be extra nefarious and probably is also contributing to some of the more recent, like, I don't know, uh, boldness yes. of members of the species. Yeah. Absolutely. You're right on the money. Didn't even have to smack you. Aw. <laughs> um, you can if you want to. Oh, I mean, you're too far away, so I can't reach you. So. You can throw one of, the, one of those D20s at me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Will do. Hey, can we have a special edition Grassland Groupies, uh, Grassland-themed D&D game on oh our God. podcast sometime? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Don't know what it's going to look like, but we'll figure it my out. brain just had it and mm-hmm. I had to spitball it right now. Yes. Yes. I love it. We can make it happen. Please continue. Okay. <laughs> I believe that we both also realize that some people do have legitimate concerns around coyotes and the fear fear of coyotes, especially when it comes to like farmers and people in rural areas. A young cow or a young lamb could absolutely be taken by a coyote. We're not trying to erase that fact that people don't have very real concerns and very real hardships that coyotes are creating for them. The farmer-coyote conflict is very tough to untangle and very real, um, like in Kansas. So I see it a lot. I know Rachel is seeing it a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. I do believe that it is a bit over-exaggerated as far as, like, the threat that coyotes pose to farmers and their livestock, but it's really hard to say for sure because you can't just watch your, you know, hundred cows all day long just in case a coyote shows up. So farmers find a dead cow in the field and they assume that it's a coyote, Um, even though maybe that animal just died of some other natural cause and then the coyote started eating it after it was dead. Or maybe some other predator, you know, snuck in and got it. Who knows? I have seen footage of ravens in Alaska killing (laughs) a calf by, like, plucking out its eyeballs. (laughs) So, like, a lot of of things can, can be nefarious. We don't have ravens in Kansas, obviously. Not ravens that are big enough to, you know, harm a calf, but... And that, anyway, point still stands. Yes, absolutely. Especially if it's like a really sick animal. It doesn't take a lot to take that out. So I think coyotes are just kind of a scapegoat for a lot of these, you know, uncertain deaths. But it is absolutely possible for a coyote to take a cow, especially like a calf or a lamb. Things that could help with that would be more education, especially Um, using things like livestock guardians, like llamas or dogs or even guinea fowl, which have been known, even though they're tiny little birds, they've been known to gang up on coyotes and chase them away. Like they are very spunky little birds. Nice. So, (laughs) you know, livestock guardians are a really, really cool way to, to get around killing that coyote. And we'll talk a little bit more about something that's known as hazing coyotes. Um, here in just a little bit, 
because really it's often better to simply scare an animal away rather than to kill it. Because if you can scare away that animal, it's still going to be hanging around. It's just going to not be eating your livestock. Mm -hmm. Um, Versus if you scare that animal away, you might invite a more, you know, bold or, you know, aggressive animal in to fill that niche. So it's kind of nice to just scare them away if possible. Can we talk about like uh, neighborhood coyotes too? Oh, we will. Okay, cool. I didn't want to make, I wanted to make sure that like, our listeners are probably thinking, okay, but like my dog, and I just wanted to yeah. make sure we hit that at some point. So, I'll no, yeah, we it. will talk a lot about urban coyotes because it's absolutely fascinating. But back to rural America, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. farmers just hate coyotes with a passion. I've seen it, you've seen it. I see it on Facebook, I see it in person. Um, I have people all the time, I'm trying to educate them about animals, even specifically coyotes, and they act really, uh, I don't want to say aggressively, but they they get fired up because they are a farmer or their, you know, grandpa was a farmer or whatever, and they they have these stories, and I'm not trying to discount those stories or anything like that, um, but if farmers are single-handedly killing dozens of coyotes every year and we are still having problems with coyotes, that is obviously not the answer. (laughs) Um, There's one story in particular that I saw on Facebook early last year um, that really stuck with me. It's kind of gross, just full disclosure. Bring it on. (laughs) But it was this farmer that killed a female coyote, and he noticed that when he went to pick up her body that she was lactating. So he then posted pictures on Facebook bragging about how, you know, with this one kill, he actually killed, you know, seven to eight coyotes Mm. because now the pups are going to starve and die horribly. So that's extremely toxic and off-putting. And this is, you know, one of the things that can paint farmers and especially hunters in a really, really bad light. And we've already talked a little bit about the American model of conservation and how it's fairly unsuccessful in a lot of ways. And it breeds these really toxic mentalities and it pushes people away from the sport. Even though hunting is a perfectly legitimate, like, pastime, if it's done appropriately, people that, I don't know, they get sucked up into these really weird echo chambers. Yeah. And like, like everybody on that Facebook post was praising him for his, his good job killing this female coyote that was yeah. nursing pups. And then there was like me and like two other people that were like, ooh, that's kind of gross. And like, we kind of got shouted into oblivion. Yeah. That's the thing too. Like, I'm sure if there's anybody listening to this podcast right now who mm-hmm. um, has, you know, different uh views than us on this subject they would probably accuse us of being like too uh empathetic for an animal or something like that when i don't know like i i don't feel like it's a bad thing to try and be empathetic toward nature yeah i'm not saying that like again i'm against killing animals uh for purposes like that's not the issue for me the issue is just more like I don't know, demonizing the nature that we live in. That's what, that's what I don't like. Yeah. And like taking delight in killing. Like that's gross. Yeah. It's just gross. 
I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fun episode nicole yeah uh, yeah i know it's great um so how are coyotes su- so successful despite all of our attempts to eradicate them their numbers just keep getting bigger and their range keeps expanding yes rachel you have your hand raised yes uh it's because they are such generalists you're right you're absolutely <laughs> right <laughs> it's exactly what my my notes said um Actually, the first note says, ultimate flexitarian. Uh, ooh, that's a fun <laughs> word. Yes, yes. Um, so they are generalists. They are generalists in what they eat. Um, they eat all sorts of different things. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, but they will eat whatever is plentiful at a time and whatever is plentiful around them. So coyotes in the country are eating different things than coyotes in the city. Um, coyotes in you know a lightly wooded area are eating different things than the coyotes in the deserts or the grasslands. So... They are just extremely adaptable in what they eat. Uh, In the summer, they might eat, like, fruits and nuts, whereas in the fall, they might just gorge themselves some grasshoppers that are extremely abundant in late summer and fall. So (laughs) they eat whatever they can. Weirdly enough, though, especially urban coyotes, people think that they, like, go through their garbage and, like, eat, you know, refuse and stuff, but they actually really don't. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah. Like, I always... You always hear about it. I just kind of assumed it was at least semi-true. But they really don't eat that much garbage, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, But they're – so they're flexible in their diet, but they're flexible in their habitat as well. I touched on this a little bit too. They can live in deserts, in grasslands, in lightly forested areas. They really don't like dense forests. Um, And – Despite common perception, they actually tend to be either diurnal, so active during the day, or crepuscular, active at dawn and dusk. Nice. Even though I've always been taught that they were highly nocturnal. Yeah, me too. But now that I'm thinking about it, I can really only picture coyotes like in the daytime. Yeah. (laughs) Which, okay, like I know what you're thinking, Rachel, (laughs) it's because you're a human being with normal diurnal eyes and you don't see coyotes at night. But like I've been out on nocturnal surveys and really don't even see coyotes then. No, not at all. You know, like I've seen bobcats, I've seen foxes of all sorts, Mm -hmm. badgers, rodents that are nocturnal. Yeah. Um, I've found sleeping hawks during uh, nocturnal surveys but have not seen many coyotes at all yeah i I don't have a memory of seeing a coyote during a nocturnal survey now that i think about it yeah i don't either weird (laughs) i know huh what's kind of interesting though because you know why do we think that they are nocturnal if they are very clearly diurnal oh no sorry And the reason for that is because when they're around humans, they tend to become more nocturnal because (gasps) humans are not active at night. Oh, fascinating. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's when, like, okay, that's when coyote attacks that happen in urban areas are happening. It's usually at night or in the evening when people are walking their dogs and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, being a wildlife biologist out in the habitat, I have never seen. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so cool. It's not at so all what cool. I thought you were going to say. I was like, oh, I bet I freaking know. I bet I know why. It was not what you said. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so cool. Um, but yeah. So they're very flexible in love like it. how they live. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Man, when I was doing research on the um, paleo park too, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
or Pleistocene Park, goodness gracious. Um, that was something people brought up with coyotes too. Like, you know, we're talking about like animals that survived that mega extinction back then too. Uh, even back then, coyotes were super generalist and adaptable. And those are the kinds of animals that even survived that first big mammal extinction event. Yeah. You know, and then settlers came in and colonized the land and caused some more almost extinctions yeah and coyotes were like already prepared for that (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep they're like thanks for clearing the way for us (laughs) Uh, yeah so super super cool i had no idea another really cool thing that i absolutely love to tell people and i always think is common knowledge but i don't know why i think this but their litter sizes also change drastically from year to year why would you think that that's common knowledge? I don't know, because I really like coyotes, okay? <laughs> so I've always known it, so therefore everyone's always known it. <laughs> not true. I did not know this. You didn't know this? Well, I mean, I, I guess I knew that, that like a lot of animals can have variable litter sizes, but mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to tell us that it's for a reason yeah. and not just an accident. <laughs> yeah, it's not an accident whatsoever. So... There have been a lot of studies around, like, the howling quote of coyotes. Their howling is not like, you know, an ow of, like, a wolf. It's very yippy and, like, broken, and the different pack members kind of talk over each other. And the reason for that, at least one hypothesis, at least one hypothesis for the reason for that is so they can kind of hide how many members of the pack there are. Because when one pack starts howling, you know, Fred's pack down the street, they're also going to start howling. And they are communicating to each other and telling each other, hey, stay out of my area. You know, we definitely have 10 pack members and not just five. Totally. (laughs) Because if a pack thinks that there's not a lot of coyotes around, they will up their litter size for that year because there's less competition. (gasps) Oh. So female coyotes can control how many pups they have, and it is directly related to how much competition and how much food availability there will be that year. Oh my gosh. And it's like mostly intraspecific competition? Yeah. Like within mm-hmm. the species. That's yeah. fascinating. Well, because coyotes are pretty vicious. They will kill like every other predator that they see. Like <sighs> they kill foxes, they kill, you know other packs they they don't want any competition so it's going to be mostly you know them communicating between other coyote packs and like kind of doing like a census and seeing who else is there um and then they alter their litter sizes based on that information fascinating yeah so cool and they do so each pack will only have one litter each year from the lead female but it's kind of the whole pack that will help provide for those puppies sometimes they will have pups from last year that were are helping out. But another really cool thing that I learned, because I've always been told that coyote packs are like families. Mm-hmm. It's always related individuals. But there's some more recent studies that have found that a significant portion of the pack will often not be related individuals. Oh, cool. Um, so just loners that they picked up along the way or whatever. So really cool. Especially since they get along pretty well and, you know, don't kill each other. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. We were just talking about how brutal they are to other coyotes. I know, I know. <laughs> um, there is still a very high mortality rate with young coyotes, as with many young animals, but they do their best. 
something else I learned was that they don't often hunt like as a pack, which is why they aren't really attacking those large game animals that we used to think that they attack. They will take down deer um, and sheep and things like that sometimes, um, but usually they will hunt in pairs or even as singles. Um, so they're really just taking a lot, like a, a high quantity of small animals and using that to, you know, feed the puppies and feed themselves. So kind of interesting. You have a question. Have you ever seen a coyote take on a deer? I have not. Have you? I have. <laughs> nice. Um, my my primary memory of did, I don't know I don't think I've said this at all on the podcast, but like coyotes are like one of the animals that I'm genuinely kind of afraid of. <laughs> did you know this? You know yes. This. Yeah, so okay. I really want a coyote ambassador animal, and Rachel won't let me. I so. refuse. Oh yeah, we've had multiple <laughs> conversations about this. Yeah. Well, I saw. Um, uh, Shoot, I can't remember if it was one coyote or three coyotes. Probably more than one if it was going after a deer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was three coyotes chasing one deer. But it was while I was doing surveys out in the Flint Hills. And I was like on top of a hill just like watching this go down. And I was like, I am smaller than that deer. <laughs> and I turned around. <laughs> Did not keep walking. <laughs> That's valid. Thanks. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, like I said, they, they can take on big prey, but they usually don't. And they're ter- usually terrified of humans, especially rural coyotes. So you are probably fine, but who knows? Maybe. Well, when I had a bird transect <laughs> that went straight through a group of seven coyotes that had at least one puppy that I could see, like a little tiny, ba- like Pomeranian-sized Aww. little puppy, I radioed my boss and said sorry i can't do this transact today i'll do it tomorrow i mean that's fair i was not gonna take my chances i mean yeah the best thing you can do with wild animals is leave them alone so Uh that was Uh a good call i feel like i have an irrational fear so i don't want anybody else listening to think that they also need to be afraid of coyotes but i i was had an interaction with a captive coyote where it like latched onto my leg and (laughs) i could not get it off my leg so like that's definitely created a maybe somewhat irrational fear response with me and coyotes Mm -hmm. but because of this i have a lot of coyote memories burned into my mind (laughs) oh gosh oh shoot meanwhile i used to live kind of in a small town like in the country and i would listen to the coyotes howl as i was out on my like nightly walk and just be like wow coyotes so (laughs) two kinds of people (laughs) (laughs) there's definitely a couple times where they like I didn't see them, but they sounded really close. Like they were like just running down the street. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was kind of cool. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and like we said, human coyote tension isn't just for rural areas. They are absolutely in cities, more and more large cities even. So not just like, you know, tiny towns like the one that I was talking about that had like a thousand people in it. But big, big cities like Los Angeles, Denver, Chicago are seeing coyotes just roaming their streets. Like, it's not even just like, you know, oh, the city park has a coyote in it. Like, they're walking down the street beside people, waiting at crosswalks to t- to walk when the light <laughs> turns green. Like, they're everywhere. They're just in the cities. Oh, no. Just, was it, yeah. 
Wasn't there a coyote video of like one riding a subway one time or something? Oh, gosh. I've definitely seen uh, pigeons do that, but I don't know that I've seen a coyote do it. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist, but... I I think I, I think it exists. I bet they could figure out a subway if a pigeon can. <laughs> right. And I've seen like dogs do it. I believe it. Coyotes are smart. <laughs> um, and... While many of those urban coyotes aren't, like, really a problem, they absolutely can become one, and then they end up needing to be either removed or destroyed when that happens. And there's some really, really cool resources out there to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, One that I really liked was the Urban Coyote Research Project. Mm. Um, It's urbancoyoteresearch.com. Really, really cool website. Has some really cool resources for you if you um, live in a coyote city. Um, <laughs> we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort they, of. I've, so Jeff has seen them when he's out running. He's just seen a coyote like run down the street beside him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, And I've heard other people talking about like, especially around some of the bigger parks in Wichita, seeing coyotes. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah. not quite as bold as some of the other city coyotes. Not quite, although, I don't know, I've uh, got family who live near a golf course and a park. Yeah. And, like, a like a wildlife park, um, not like a playground park. <laughs> and they've, they've been having, uh, even, like, pre-COVID, you know, like, a while back, they were having coyote incidents in their mm. neighborhood, and, like, multiple people's dogs were getting taken during walks and stuff. Dang. And so they were, like, sending out, like, neighborhood-wide notices about the coyote situation. Yeah. So that's intense. Yeah. Like dogs being snatched while they're on the leash being walked. Yeah. And that's that's a case of like a coyote that needs to be removed. Oh, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. That's too much. Um, (laughs) So something that um, I found this really, really amazing YouTube like series. It's like eight videos. A couple of them were like 20 minutes long and the rest were like a minute, minute and a half. Um, but it was by Jefferson County um, in Colorado. Their YouTube page is called Jeffco Open Space. And they put out some really, really cool informational videos about urban coyotes. And they were talking about hazing coyotes. I mentioned mm. this earlier. Um, and it is kind of probably what you're thinking about. So if you're struggling with urban coyotes, the best thing you can do is train them. And I don't mean with like a clicker and some treats. <laughs> it's by hazing them and making them fear humans. And that sounds kind of harsh, um, but the best relationship that you can have with a wild animal is one where it stays away from you. Mm-hmm. As soon as a wild animal is comfortable around humans, then, you know, dogs are getting snatched off of leashes. Yeah. Or, you know, there's been multiple instances of small children getting bitten by coyotes. Um, yeah. So not that if a coyote goes after a dog, it's definitely going to go after a human. Um, but it's just... It is a distinct possibility that once you start, you know, feeding these animals or just even coexisting with them to the point where they are comfortable, they can become a real hazard, usually to like feral cats and dogs. But, you know, if you feel bad hazing a coyote, just know that that fear will keep that animal out of trouble. Don't feel bad hazing the coyotes. Haze, haze the pants off those things. No, absolutely yeah. haze, haze them. Haze, this is like the one kind of hazing I can get behind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Frats lay off on the hazing. Communities haze every coyote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, please. 
But uh, Jefferson County, again in Colorado, they did this really cool citizen science project where they trained a bunch of people the proper way into like how to haze a coyote and then they set them off into the streets. (laughs) And this was from 2012 to 2015 that they ran this experiment and they asked them to report back on all of their sightings of coyotes. They ended up with 739 coyote observations in the city with 96 hazing events. So the other times, I think that was like 13% of the observations. So the other times, you know, the coyote was really far away or it was like just doing coyote things like across the street and it wasn't being a nuisance. Mm -hmm. Um, But those 96 times that the participants decided to haze, it was because it was uncomfortably close or it was, you know, it was showing interest in them or their pets or what have you. So you don't have to literally haze every animal that you see. It's just like if it's being too comfortable with you, then you should, you know, shout at it. You can stand up really tall and wave your arms around. You can kind of like fake lunge at it. Just be big and scary and intimidating. And most coyotes are going to turn tail and just run (laughs) as far as they can from you. Um, it's only those ones that don't run that could possibly be a problem. And if you ever come across a coyote that you try to haze and it doesn't run away, absolutely tell, you know, the proper authorities so that they can keep an eye on the animal and possibly remove it. So, hmm. That's all there is to the hazing. It's just like shouting and waving yeah. your arms and like typical like mm-hmm. stuff that you do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was kind of you- thinking like, oh, here's, here's your, uh, authorized air horn go out and like (laughs) they mentioned that some people did use like noisemakers and air horns like that um but really your voice is always on you so why not use that (laughs) that's so easy (laughs) yeah yeah they're big babies they really are uh but they found during this citizen science project that most of the coyotes when they yelled at them would just run away and they kind of had like a scale of like uh, it was like negative four to one. Negative four was the coyote ran away, didn't look back. A three was the coyote ran away, but like kind of looked back a little bit just to like check on you. Mm-hmm. And then like a two was it ran a little ways away, stopped and looked back. So it was not quite as fearful all the way up until like a zero, I believe was no response. And then a one was it actually approached you. Oh no. <laughs> so, you know, the zeros and ones are going to be problem coyotes, which I, whereas the other ones are, you know, properly fearful of humans. Yeah. (laughs) So there's 96 hazing events. Only five of them had the coyote actually approach them. Oh, wow. So pretty good. Oh, that's terrifying. No, it is terrifying. (laughs) Just like trying to be your scariest person. And the coyote's just like, well, hello there. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, what you doing? You got some food for me? Um, I had that happen with a cow once. Oh. <laughs> Tried to haze a cow. I didn't have that language to describe it before. Mm-hmm. And it like started running toward me. And oh, I was gosh. like, that's the opposite <laughs> of what I wanted to happen. <laughs> yes. And what's, there's another word. So it's it's illegal to haze. No. Hazing <laughs> is legal and encouraged. It's illegal to um, harass. Harass an animal. Wait, what's so the difference? The difference, <laughs> the difference is that when you are harassing an animal, it's with intent to harm. Oh. Yeah. But hazing, 
is not. This was just a really, really cool citizen science project that I'm glad happened. They made it like really scientific. Like I like the scale that they gave people. They also asked them, you know, what hazing technique did they use? Did they use their voice or like, you know, some kind of a sound? Did they use their body? Yada, yada, yada. They also asked the participants whether or not they had a dog with them at the time. Ooh. Because coyotes see dogs kind of as a conspecific and as, you know, a, as potential competition. So a lot of times when people have issues with coyotes, they do have their dog with them. And they found that the hazing was less effective if the person had their dog with them. Interesting. So, yeah. So if you live in a city with coyotes, probably walk your dog like during the day and not at dusk or dawn when the urban coyotes are more active. Hmm. So, or at night. Don't walk your dog at night. Um, so yeah. Kind and of that's so interesting. Do you think it's because they see the dog not reacting and they're like, oh, this is not scary? Possibly, yeah. They're Or they're just kind of, I don't know, especially if it's like a small dog, they could see it as a potential meal um but yeah wow that's crazy mm-hmm. coyotes just really don't like dogs <laughs> even and that's even like people like in like you know like a national park if they have their dogs with them a lot of times they have more issues with coyotes mm. so yeah i don't know exactly what it is but yeah it's also probably like a lot of dogs they're going to be interested in the coyote as well so they're probably going to be, like, at the end of their leash, like, going towards a coyote. And the coyote's like, oh, you want to fight? And so, mm, okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's definitely part of it. But, yeah, I'm not sure what the whole story is there. And like I said, it's really important that if you have a well-behaved urban coyote, that you leave it alone. If you chase off or you kill a resident coyote who is not attacking pets, not attacking your livestock and just existing, you're opening up a new spot for a possibly problem coyote to then come in. Because mm -hmm. um, these animals do have very specific home ranges that they fiercely defend from other coyotes, foxes, things like that. Um, they need a lot of food to survive. So they defend their territories very, very uh, well. And the transient animals, the transient coyotes that are just kind of wandering around and don't have a home range, they tend to be younger animals, so they're not going to be as experienced with uh, people. So you might find that they are more bold. Uh, they Perfect target for hazing, then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Haze the crap out of those young coyotes. Um, and it's really, really important that you never, ever, 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 ever feed a coyote or any wild animal because as soon as you're making the animal comfortable around humans, it's just going to end up badly for that animal. People always do it out of like the kindness of their heart. They see a coyote or another animal in their backyard, you know, begging for food and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, it looks so hungry. And they just like feed it once and then it comes back. They feed it again and that you're making that habit for that animal and bringing it into danger and it's going to become a problem and that animal more than likely is going to wind up either displaced which it will then not know where it is and probably die mm -hmm. or it's going to be uh, destroyed by authorities so you are harming that animal by trying to help it and that might be a really hard pill for some people to swallow um but it's really important that people know that mm-hmm and even if you're, 
you know, kind of on the opposite camp where you just don't want coyotes around because either you fear, you fear them or you're worried about your livestock or what have you. Um, if you can find a coyote that is just kind of hanging around and it's not attacking you or your livestock, keep that coyote around because if nothing else, it's better to, you know, live with a devil you know than a wild card. So try to etch out that peaceful existence if possible. And haze the crap out of every coyote that you see <laughs> if you live in an urban coyote city. Yes. I, I know you and me both have an experience with um, deer in particular that became much too friendly with people. And even though we think of deer as being, you know, cute and whatever. Harmless. Yeah. When people feed those animals, they're going to go up to everyone. And not everyone is going to be a nice, as nice as you. And we actually had a fawn that was poached in a local park, probably because they were being fed. Yeah. We saw food all the time left out on the trails. We even confronted the people doing it, and they kept feeding the, the deer. And then there was a deer poached. So very, mm -hmm. very sad ending that was easily preventable if the animals had just been more scared yeah. of people. And even beyond that, you know, the deer were uh, frequently coming up closer yes. and closer to people. And then when the rut season came around, mm -hmm. that became very scary because yeah. those males are so unpredictable in their behaviors, but they're so okay with walking within like 15 feet of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, deer and rut are no laughing matter. Like they will attack you. <laughs> so don't feed deer. Don't feed coyotes. Don't fear possums. Feed. Wait. Don't, don't, well, don't, don't fear, fear them, them either. either. <laughs> don't feed possums, raccoons, stray cats, any of that stuff. It just causes problems. Yeah. Don't do it. I even, so on the Jefferson County's, um, their coyote country land stewardship st series on YouTube, they mentioned that coyotes like they're smart animals and people will let their dogs play with coyotes and then the, the coyotes will actually like lure them into the trees away from their owners and then attack the dog oh no yeah i shouldn't laugh that's horrifying <laughs> yeah but it's so clever it's so clever or like they're Jeez. luring them away to like their pack mates that are waiting yeah like insane and like it looks playful and cute and then yeah, your dog's dead. Jeez. So don't let your dogs play with coyotes either. Just just don't do it. Just There's leave a lot them of alone. reasons why you shouldn't, but that that is like absolutely one of the best I've ever heard. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if you want to learn more about coyotes and the continuing research around them, definitely check out the Urban Coyote Research Project as well as Project Coyote. They're both really, really good sources of information. I stole a lot of information from their website, but now I'm giving credit, so it's not stealing. No, it's research then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, coyotes are cool. I love them, but I sure am going to haze the next one that I see. Aw, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I love them so much. Do it for the coyotes. Yes. Do you have any fun coyote tidbits that you learned from TikTok? No. I don't think so. I, indigenous TikTok has some cool uh, coyote talks out there, but some of those uh, indigenous stories feel like yeah. something that uh, I cannot like paraphrase correctly or appropriately. So I yeah. will not, but that has been very 
fun to see too. Mm-hmm. Coyotes, because they've been around for a long time, mm-hmm. um, people have a lot of stories about them. And, you know, until recently, a lot of cultures revered them and, you know, respected them. And now they're just hated. Yeah. But hey, you you know that cute video of a coyote getting a badger to come with it to go wreak some havoc? Probably was just luring it away to its packmate so it could <laughs> maul it to death. <laughs> well, we don't have to make it like that. But we can also say that, hey, maybe there's, you know, other creatures besides humans out there that still, like appreciate coyotes yeah or don't know any better and get lowered to their death who knows <laughs> one of the two one of the two absolutely <laughs> cool beautiful um wait so are coyotes driving red wolves extinct by interbreeding with them so much that's yeah a thing right yeah, yeah that's okay. definitely a thing for sure fun yeah are coyotes also driving regular wolves further from being regular wolves by interbreeding with them? I'm not sure. I've always heard it in relation to red wolves. I say regular, I should say gray wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Hmm. Okay. Are coyote-dog hybrids becoming like a, a fun, exotic pet thing that people want to keep. Are they for real? I've never heard of this. Yeah. I was just making a guess based on, like, wolf dogs being a thing. <laughs> no, yeah. Koi dogs are absolutely a thing. Koi dogs. Oh, yeah. no. And people... I mean, I've seen them on Craigslist before. They're like, oh, it's a koi dog. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, probably it's just, like, a shepherd mix. Let's be real. But... <laughs> Yeah, people think it's really cool. And if it is a real koi dog, like, that is going to be an animal that is extremely hard to tame and extremely hard to train or be in a house. Like, it's just not a good idea. Don't hybridize your pets with wild animals. It's not going to end well for you or the animal. It's going to end up in a sanctuary somewhere and, yeah, or destroying your house both leave wild animals wild all right thanks nicole uh you're fantastic that was an interesting coyote episode (laughs) thanks you sound really like you meant that it was it was definitely a lot of fun and not at all disheartening (laughs) oh i mean i talked about cute stuff going on in uh urban places you sure did (laughs) yeah uh cute stuff like murder Like in hazing. Don't forget the hazing. <laughs> the hazing is fun. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, well, thank you guys for listening to The Best Biome. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and consider leaving us a review on iTunes or uh, Podchaser. Podchaser. I think it's called Apple Podcasts now. That's my bad. I've been listening to podcasts that are like old enough. They still say iTunes. So yeah. my brain got their wires crossed there. Uh, anyway, also follow us on Twitter there you can uh, talk to us and stuff this podcast is produced by grassland groupies our nonprofit, which works to inspire conservation of grasslands check out our website grasslandgroupies.org where you can also find show notes for our episodes usually when we get them out on time and <laughs> see you guys in two weeks bye Hello? Okay, somebody's knocking on my door. I'm going to go check it out. <laughs> oh, God, there's some dude just standing there. <laughs> you can look at your little wise cam and see when they, or we can just answer it. <laughs> I'll come with you. We can haze him.